we survived Comic-Con at home. And that's not my intro, is it? Welcome to another CornerCast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another CornerCast podcast. I'm your host, Khalil, at casterscorner.com. And again, we survived Comic-Con. And this interview has been a long time coming, uh, at least in my eyes. Uh, I love the guy. He is one of the coolest guys in the toy industry today. Um, if there was a Hall of Fame for toy designers, toy um, team leaders, uh, toy developers, toy gods, I mean, for lack of a better term, maybe not gods. Um, but if there was, if there was, you know, a wall of, of toy people, um, I really do believe he would be on it. He's, he's at the top. Um, and, and for the longest time, I know I'll get to who it is. Uh, for the longest time, I wasn't allowed to do one-on-one interviews with him because of where he worked. And now he's got a little freedom. He's, you know, able to talk. He does a lot more shows. He's been on a bunch of podcasts um, from the Ultimate Cl- uh, Collector, uh, our friend Remy show, to uh, the uh, com- uh, a Toy Store Near You panel at WonderCon, and he's been on uh, Dan Pickett's Behind the Plastic, and he's been everywhere. So who am I talking about? What who? What great guy is this? Um, it's David Vonner. Uh, Vonner has been part of Marvel Legends, uh, Mattel WWE. He's been at other companies, and he has designed and worked on some of the best toys. And you know, going into, I, I have known David for almost the entire time I've owned the site. I, I don't think we met the first year at Toy Fair for me, our first Toy Fair, but I think it was definitely the second. And the second we met each other, we, we hit it off 100%. And he's one of the coolest dudes um, just to talk to. And so, you know, I wasn't sure where we were going to go with the conversation and it was, um, introspective and thoughtful. And we talked about Comic-Con and what we're missing by not being there and the role that, that it plays in our lives and these things called toys and comics and movies that, and, and how they, um, how they really have shaped us as, as human beings, at least in in our case and and the people that are like us. And like last week's podcast, he gave me a different perspective to look at Comic-Con. I mean, I've always looked at it that way of a coming together of all these different groups of people and all these different fandoms. And within that space of the convention center and even just the entire town or city of San Diego for those five days, <clears throat> we're all together. We we're all sharing this connection. Um, we're we're all there to support and love each other. And it it sounds hokey, but it it really does. Um. It recharge it recharges me. It it really does. And and missing it this year, it was great to catch up with Mike last week and Adam the week before, and now Vonner this week. It's it's just it's it's these interviews have really 
giving me a little bit of a charge, a little bit of a, a kick in the butt to, you know, continue the journey that is this website. So what can I say? Uh, Dave Honor's been on Toys That Made Us. Uh, he's talked about, he's worked with the Nacelle company on um, multiple projects. We talk a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. And so go check him out. Uh, he's on Instagram, David, V-O-N-N-E-R, Vonner. Uh, he occasionally posts the occasional from the vault pictures showing off um, stuff he's worked on that didn't get made or, or that were prototype stage. And that's been really fun to follow and watch. Um, he is War Machine. If you own a Marvel Legends figure, he was... I believe he had two War Machines. One, the cybernetic one in the Marvel Universe line, and then the original War Machine in Marvel Legends Wave. Oh, God, you're going to kill me. Um, Galactus Wave, I believe, um, which was Wave 9. Uh, and so, you know, he he is cemented, and he is one of the Dino Wranglers in Mattel's Jurassic uh, World line. So um, you can find him in plastic in multiple places throughout your collection. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we, we go a little bit over an hour, but I, I think it's a really um, meaningful conversation that I hope that you all share in and take that away with you for those of us that didn't get to go to Comic-Con. I hope this brings a little bit of Comic-Con and a little bit of the camaraderie and the love and the um, appreciation of each other that that we we missed this year so without further ado um well a little ado follow dave on instagram uh david vonner v-o-n-n-e-r um you can follow us we're at casters corner on all the uh, instagram twitter and facebook remember to rate review subscribe share all that stuff you can find us everywhere podcasts are found stitcher google play and itunes um remember to just you know give us give us some love you know share it out talk to us tell us who you want to see um we've got some other big guests lined up um coming up in the next few weeks so uh without further ado it is me it is david vonner uh enjoy guys I mean, one of the reasons I reached out too was I saw you were doing a lot of work between the toys that made us and um, the mics are hot, by the way, um, the toys that made us and a toy store near you. Yeah. Um, and you were on that panel and you were telling some amazing stories um, about early days and, and how to do that, how, how you got into toys. And I thought that was one of the, the interesting things because it was not cool back then to be into all the stuff we're, we're into. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it, it was, it was uphill battle. I mean, it, it was weird. It was an uphill battle, you know, but we always knew the stuff was, was, uh, we always knew it was cool, mm -hmm. but it was a matter of convincing, you know, people who really didn't understand, you know, like, like you know, it was it was trying to get past the the, the gatekeepers, you know, so to speak, the, yeah. to, to get the quality. That's why you know when you look at 
previous movies like the like the Dolph Lundgren Punisher and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like stuff is so off the mark because it was a lot of people that just didn't understand. They didn't understand the the nuance of of comic book culture right. in general. The story, the 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 characters, the fan base. You know, you know, all that comes into play. You know, the fans have driven a lot like we have really driven a lot of where we are today you know not just in in movies but in toys i mean you look at marvel legends marvel legends is around today because of the fans right you know so um but it took a lot of convincing you know you're convincing your peers convincing sometimes your family you know convincing you know other individuals your co-workers and then when you get in this field then you have to convince other gatekeepers who you know really have who, who can say yay or nay as far as a product is concerned or an idea is concerned it's like man it can be an uphill that's when it really becomes an uphill battle because now it's like you know you're you're in the realm of of actually doing something mm-hmm. of actually creating something and the and the people who or giving you the keys and the okay to go ahead and move, they don't understand, right? You know, so so that that's always been the challenge. But I think the simple fact that being a lifelong like comic book fan, it kind of makes you like tenacious because you, you're always the underdog because people just never never considered to be cool, <laughs> right? No, it was it was always a battle. I mean, I I remember the moment where I it became uncool. Like I can remember this moment in middle school. I wore a McFarland Spider-Man shirt to class one day. And this is 1992. Was it the button up one? No, no, no. It was just a straight t-shirt and it had, it had him flying, you know, it's a classic McFarland, you know, all the webs everywhere. It was a black shirt, wore it to class. I'm talking 1991 or two and just getting erasers thrown at me. And getting made fun of, and just I, that was the moment where it was like, okay, superheroes aren't cool. I got to grow up. I'm 12 years old. Right. Um, I hid my stuff. Like everything was at home, hidden. You know, all my toys right. and everything. Um, and it and it, but it, I, it does. It, it does install something and instill something in you that you just, you're always on that grind to yeah. just to to prove yourself or to to yeah. um, have those value because I a lot of the conversations I've had lately. Um, I learned recently that a lot of my values came from the books I read. And I don't think people get, they don't get the credit for that. They really don't, man. Um, Like those stories, man, helped me out a lot. Like, you know, I talk about, you know, my childhood a lot because, um, you know, not only was it fun, but it was also, you know, it was rough, but I think it's something for people to hear. Like, I think that, you know, as we become adults and, do adult things we lose sight of our childhood and everything and Mm -hmm. the cool thing about this culture is that we're always in tune with it we're always in touch with it but growing up man it was like comic books helped me be you know learn how to pray you know thor was always my my favorite character so like how i like and you know when thor would be in distress or whenever he's like in his head you Mm -hmm. know he's always praying you know he's always seeking his father for for strength for guidance for for wisdom for whatever and that always struck me 
that not only was he saying is, you know, trying to gather strength from this higher power, but that higher power was also his his actual father. Right. You know, which which, which made, you know, even that alone, one of the many reasons why Thor is like one of my favorite characters. But, you know, it, you know, comic books helped me um, navigate through society in a sense, you know, navigate, you know, um, socially, you know, how, mm-hmm. how to how to interact. But but more importantly, man, like the morals, the moral codes, you know, that that the characters may have, whether they're good, bad or in between. You, you you know you mm. you really especially with Marvel characters you know there there's there's a subtle nuance because you can see why you know a good guy like Reed Richards can can, can bend a little bit left you yeah. know what I mean and or 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 why you know a character like Doctor Doom can show humanity towards his people of Liberia yeah no and <laughs> I know, think yeah no you're absolutely right yeah uh, it, it's crazy so it, it just it and and I think because the writers and the, the artists and the letterers and the colors and the editors and just the, the, the total creators who, who created those characters and those stories, man, they put their essence into it. And it was like, man, of course we're going to tell these, you know, these fantastic tales and all that stuff, but, you know, let's also root it in reality. Yeah. Let's ground it in something substantial, you know, let's give it some substance, you know, because these characters look ridiculous, but, if we if we give them something very cool to that is that is that intangible, you know, something that we really can't see that makes them really cool, then, you know, their look won't matter. Right. You know, and, and, and that's indicative of society, you know, like why, why you and I are like brothers. It's, it's not about, you know, how we look. Right. You know, it's, it's because we connected, you know, from, you know, just the love, the sheer love of of the comics and that moral code that moral that moral standard that we both found in those stories right. you know what i mean and th- and that was an instant connection and 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 that's the stuff that i think has separated for me at least marvel films and dc films and not to get into director's visions and all that stuff but when you see iron man fighting or cap fighting they're soldiers in some ways right so there there's a moral code they're always going to try to do what's right but they also live in the real world where things happen in a certain way. So Cap picks up a gun in World War II. I buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but there's such a stigma for that for DC fans that just that there are these hard lines that you just can't cross. And it's it seems more organic, so it seems more approachable for the Marvel right. Marvel world right, right. to see the real behind it. You know, it's funny you say that because that was actually, and it's a small thing and I get it and I understand and, you know, it's, it's frowned upon in society, but that was actually one of the things that really kind of drove me nuts when it was decided that Wolverine and Nick Fury wouldn't smoke cigars anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was like, um, I, under, I understood the the health and, and the societal part of it. Like, right. it's just not cool. It's very frowned upon. You know, people have died from lung cancer and everything like that. But, you know, it's kind of like when you look at old boxing films or boxing pictures. Right. And it's the, 
it's this smoky atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? And that was by, that was caused by that. And and that atmosphere was created by these unique individuals, you know, with, with, his, with these unique attitudes, like the mob guys, the, the wise guys, right. the, the tough guys, or the real upstanding, handsome, James Bond gentleman kind of guy who, you know, look classy, but also would, would wax you in the fight. Yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was something about, you know, them having a cigar, you know, just it it it, it reminded me that they were adults. Yeah, you know, that, no, I can see it. Some, somehow they were aspirational for well, me. You know what I mean? And I think that might be a product of our time because that, yeah. that's, you know, 80s, you know, 70s, 80s. That's what you, you know, grew up with. The men, right. the men did that. <laughs> and I had candy cigarettes. Like my dad would have yeah. his pack of Marlboro, and I would have my pack of candy. And I loved the ones that were wrapped that were gum because if you yeah. blew on it, the powdered sugar would fly out like it was smoke, and it was that thing. And I wonder if, I wonder if drinking now is the thing because you see, you still see these people drinking in all these mm-hmm. films, and mm-hmm. I wonder if this generation is going to see that as the bar that sets them apart. Well, you know, that's 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 the touchy thing, because now there's so much more awareness, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, some may call it, you know, uh, you know, politically correctness or whatever. But, you know, it's it, when we become more aware of the things that we say and do, you know, or the image become more aware of the images that are on film, you know, is of course, those things were in a, a you know, we grew up with that. Right. But then when you see only one group of people, you know, doing one thing in a film, then that's when that image becomes too much. You know, right. that's when it should have been some forth, some foresight into, you know, um, what was actually being portrayed in that particular with, with that image. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but with Marvel, it was never like that. You know what I mean? I never it wasn't. Yeah. It, it, you know, that's the thing, like, even though I'm quite sure that, that um, you know, that there were some racial, I'm quite sure that there were some brothers who were just as talented, black, Hispanic, you know, whoever, you know, Asian, it doesn't matter. I'm quite mm-hmm. sure that there were other people during the 60s and 70s that were probably just as talented, but couldn't, weren't able to get their foot in the door. Right. And not, not necessarily because of Marvel, but because of the system. Right. You know what I mean? And with the system, it becomes like some people become stagnant in their thought, you know, and, and, and that awareness to move in that particular angle in that in that particular field, that thought or idea isn't even in existence because they're so locked away in the system and their in their their whole mind is twisted, you know, which right. is kind of like my my whole journey. Like people are are you know. I just looked at it as a hard way to go. I, I knew where I was going to go, but yeah. didn't really know where I was going to go. But I knew that I wasn't going to stop moving. But, you know, other people look at it like, you know, this, like, man, you're like this unicorn, <laughs> you know, and I just never stopped. But I can also understand why it can be viewed as that, like that, that unicorn thing. And and um, but that tonight that tenacity actually just came from comic books, man. That that underdog thing, like Namor is one of Thor, Namor, and Silver Surfer are my my top three. Mm-hmm. And Namor is if if my if, if my true personality out of all of them is actually Namor. Okay, you know, like I, I am a work in progress. 
you know, you know, I am, a, I can be in an emotional mess sometimes. And, and, and that can be, you know, he can channel that in some very, you know, wild ways, you know, and, and he's not necessarily a bad guy. He just had you know, a lot of misunderstandings that caused him to cause his mind to be locked right. in, in a particular way. And we, which is, you know, just, for that character to have that type of essence and that different writers pour that into that character is just genius to me. But, you know, no, it's that I'm right. sorry. What are you saying? No, I was going to say you're absolutely right. It's, it's interesting to see how they kind of play into personalities and how yeah. you gravitate towards certain characters because you find yourself inside of them, you know? Yeah, you do. And, and that drive that, that kind of loner thing that kind of like, you know, being different, you know, um, you know, being an outcast in a sense, but still being within a group that, you know, with Namor, that really fit with me. You know what I mean? So I think I think just seeing how he could channel his his emotion to drive him to be a leader or to be a warrior. Like, I think that I just kind of took that and was like, man, I'm going to use I can channel my energy, man, to, to push forward. Yeah. No, I see. And and you saying those things it conjures all that stuff in my head where it was like growing up, it was and still is Robin for me. It's trying to outlive the shadow of your dad. My dad mm-hmm. casts a very wide shadow. And even though he's gone, it, it's still there. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's him. And I've had a lot of conversations recently because we turned the website and the podcast and everything we do into a business. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we signed up with the state and we did all the paperwork and we're in the process of doing all the stuff for it. And I sat down with my mom and I just said to her, you know, how did he do it? Like he didn't, he didn't have an education. He didn't speak English. He came from, he was an immigrant, didn't speak English, um, couldn't read and write, opened two businesses, hustled on the side, sold stuff out of a truck when he wasn't working. Like he just, and I'm like, I don't know how. Like, was he scared? Like, was he ever scared? And how did you, as a partner, help him go through that? Because I feel like I'm trying to live up to this, you know, thing or trying to do my thing and trying to find my spot because I feel like this is where my spot is. I feel like I feel most at home here. Um, So it's been interesting to kind of compare to those things. Um and think of the characters that, that bring that out and, and watch them and how they struggled with it. And it, it's, yeah. it's true. It, it all fits in with all of that. It fits into it. You know, it's like, you know, really, you know, when it all boils down to it, man, no matter how strategic, you know, um, like no matter how strategic Scott Summers is, he always has this doubt in his mind. Right. You know what I mean? And and that is like that that human element, you know, of of of, of us, man. It's kinda like when you when you venture out and, and then and then you you get to the point where, you know, no one can really advise you anymore. Right. Now it's like you're almost like the Voyager Pro, man. You're out there on your own. Yeah. Discovering yeah. some new stuff. You know what I mean? And and that when you when you turn around and look back, it, it's scary because you're like, "Wow, man, I've I've come so far." But then it's like, 
But if I look forward, if I keep going forward, man, there's going to be some amazing things that's going to come. And 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 I, I I dealt with that, what you're saying about your dad to a degree with my dad in, in a weird way that I didn't grow up with my father. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was chasing the ghost. I didn't know. Right. And it wasn't until I became an adult, you know, from from forming these feelings that I that I had about him through, you know, things like comic books, you know, and, you know, it was like it, it allowed me to understand him better as a man. Right. You know, where we can connect with better as men. As opposed to, you know, me being this angry young kid mm-hmm. wondering why my dad isn't there. You know, now it's like we're adults and I, and I have a better understanding, a more well-roundedness of life. But also, man, I I couldn't I can't deny that, you know, those stories that I read helped me because those stories that I read also became a very integral part of my, my livelihood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like of my life. Like that's what I that's what my career choice had been and and that's why a vehicle to support my family myself you know like you know it it is more than just things to me like it's really kind of intertwined in my 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 soul you know what i mean I, and it, it it's kind of you know some people don't going to get that and and it's like it can come off as corny but it's like you can understand it when you and, and I, especially now, like I think with the Comic Con not being around, it's like we really feel it because yeah. we get to, to soulfully connect with others while we're there in this amazing way with people, total strangers that we never see for 360 days out the year, but five days we see each other. Yeah. We're it's love. Yeah. We're family. We're all there. We're family. All there. And, yeah. and, and that connection is those, those threads, man, that come from those stories those movies those video games but to me the root of that is the comic books and marvel and it's one reason why it's so popular yeah more than just a fad you know and it's like hip-hop you know hip-hop is more than a fad and that's why it lasts so long and it changes it changes changes. yeah it changes like it it, for me it's i've been out of reading books like i I haven't read a a comic in, in a while I got some old ones here. I haven't, I haven't read any new ones either. I got I always re- buy old ones. And and I want to pull out old ones to go back and read because it, it, it recaptures that. And I feel too lost. And I, that's the way I feel about music lately too. It's like, I feel like I've hit that point where I'm like, what's everybody listening to? I don't think this sounds right. Like this isn't. Right, right, uh, right. We've, we've, I've hit that, that age. Um, but no, com- like this week not having – comic-con has been really weird for me mentally because the so for me like you've always had the professional schedule where you're doing panels you're in the booth you're meeting people talking to people meetings things like that and and doing you know industry stuff for me it, it was coverage right so it's like go here go here go here and you know there's an anxiety because I, I got to travel cross country. I got to find a hotel. I got to get settled. I got to figure out the routes in and out. I got to, you know, do all my scheduling stuff. Somehow, and you gotta com- buy stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I got to try. I got to try. And ship it. <laughs> I got. I got to try to buy it and then try to figure out how to get it home in a suitcase. Right. Um, but all that stuff somehow, Comic Con, even though it's not happening in person, the anxiety and the excitement is still there. 
I, I, last week it drove me nuts. I was trying to figure out why am I anxious? Why am I like not being able to sleep? Why am I excited? Like what's going on? And then I realized last night I was like, Oh, cause I'm working. Like I did a podcast last night. Then I, you know, shut that down. Then I did, you know, I did five articles, you know, I'm processing all this stuff. Like we're still trying to hold on to that connection. Yeah, man. Of it. It's, it, it's, it's, um, it's, and I, I think now with people being um, quarantined and, and sequestered and, and dealing with different um, emotions of being alone and everything, I think now people can kind of s- s- sort of identify with what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us, man, you know, like I said, a lot, you know, you feel like you're an outcast within the group. Right. And when, when growing up and, and the thing about, you know, kids can be kids, kids are the meanest little things on earth. And you know, they don't, people, and, and they don't know it. That's the problem. Like they don't, they feel don't it. know it. They don't feel they it. They don't know it. Right. 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 And, 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 and a lot of it is because of what they're taught at home, but also mm-hmm. kids are like brutally honest. There's no filter. You know what I mean? Right. And because because they don't know that how the weight of the words, right. you know, a lot of the times. So when when you go through those feelings of, like you said, you had to hide things that this was a part of you that you you were forced to shed in a way, right? You know, kind of take out of the light in a sense, mm-hmm. but it was a part of you, and it's like. Now I got to portray myself at this age now. And you're also going through puberty as well. Right. So it's like, you're also going, and there's a lot of other things that's working. And now it's like, I'm forced to change up now. And, and now you're trying to figure out who you are because the thing that you love, you now you, not only are you getting flack for it, but the flack that you're getting for it is starting to weigh heavy on you now. Right. You know, starting to weigh on you. So you kind of change it. And, and it's like, um, you know, when you're at Comic Con and you and but when you go through that for years and years and years, and then you know, like you can, you know, somehow celebrate it in whatever capacity. You don't have to be professional. You don't have to be depressed. You could just, you know, just celebrate it in whatever way. And you're amongst other individuals who are celebrating the same thing that you got so much flack for loving, right? So much flack, so much, you know resistance you know it's, it's kind of like um because also like it, it, there was there was an old movie called um wild style back okay. in the day and it's actually part of it is in the beginning of, of Nas's first album Illmatic mm-hmm. but you know it's, it's kind of like they, there was you know, graffiti was looked down upon and just hip-hop and dance and, and right. rapping everything was looked yeah. down upon like art was looked down upon so it was like no, when you're growing growing up during that period, it's like everything that was that you love was just frowned upon. So it was like you just had this. No one, no one knew how to properly engage with you to channel that energy. Some right. people had to, you know, go to psychiatrists or other. But back in the day, the vast majority of people didn't. No, they didn't no. have access to that. They right. didn't. There, there was no that awareness wasn't there like how it is now. The bullying and all that other stuff. You know what I mean? So when you when you get with other individuals who've been through that or 
can at least understand you. And it's like, man, this is, you look forward to that year after year after year. And like I said, it becomes this family. You, you build these bonds, you hang out with them for hours and you talk, of it. you talk about the things you love, but then you get to know each other, which transcends the thing that you love. And then you really understand each other on a very human level. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's like, man, I can't wait to see you again. Like, you start to un- people start having families. You you become aware of that you see people making moves and moving on in their career, or doing things, or, or or even passing away. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you people, we connect. We're humans. We connect. And and I think that that disconnect right now. I think people are, you know, subconsciously kind of going through that. It's like every year. It's my because for me, for the longest time. Before I, I think social media has helped a little bit, but for me doing this work, it always felt like it was a vacuum, right? Because yeah. I'm putting out these articles and I can see numbers, you know, on the back and I can see how many people are on the site, how long I can see that stuff, but there was no interaction. So every year, Comic-Con, Toy Fair, New York Comic-Con, all those things would be like my recharge, Right. Like I'm doing something like I see you. I see Dwight. I'll, I'll see Zach at Diamond. You know, I'll see Steve, you know, on, on the, you know, the WWE team. Like I see these guys and then I then I run into all the guys that, that do this with me um, and see them and talk about, oh, what did you get to see or what did you get to see or, or how have you been? And yeah, no, I'm definitely missing that this year. Like it's definitely and, and you get kind of sense of validation, too. Yeah. You know, when you, because then you get to see, like you said, you know that there's numbers, but you really don't know. But then during Comic-Con, it's like, bam, you, you, you see the people right. who are not only those numbers, but the, there's more numbers. There's more people. Right. You know, and, and, um, and I'm sorry, like, there's a backdraft in my, my. <laughs> You're okay. I got a dog in here. He's like, got you pop it somewhere. Like that. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah man it, it, it's very strange and 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 also too i think that because you, you know it, it, it's this community element too like we kind of were doing social media before social media was social media right in a way oh yeah and and um like back yeah, even back when fans were writing letters and stuff like that and just having the first conventions like i remember having dinner with stan lee man and he was like <sighs> The first Comic Con was like a room, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was it was like just a couple of people showed up, you know. It was it was not what it is now, right? And and the fact that, and I think that Comic Con began to morph clearly into something beyond comic books, but really morph into even beyond outside of what comic book comic-con is and yeah. i in a weird way as as much as i miss everyone and miss comic-con in general like i'm kind of glad that we're kind of taking this little this little break you know because i kind of just felt like it was really getting so massive that the the identity of it was being lost well i think i see that I, I agree. Like for me this year, I needed the break. I've been saying it for a couple of years, like I needed a break, but I looked at it from a business standpoint, like I couldn't afford not to be there. Like I just couldn't do it. And I was happy to have the break, but it, you know, I, 
but I worry about what it's going to do because I think the culture has kind of shifted. I mean, we've seen it with all the exclusives and all the stuff they're doing lately where like the fans don't have access now. Like the, the computers are, you know, taking everything, you know, Man, they're, they're you know using. I, I, so I, I worry about that piece of it. But see, you know, it's kind of like I, I was watching, um, I was watching a documentary and it, it, and Napster had popped up. And I remember when, when Napster was the whole thing and people thought that everything was going to change. Like, you know, and everything did change, but right. people didn't know where things were going to go. And I, you know, and that made me think about like, you know, that was also during, you know, around the time and a little bit after, but you know, when the comic book industry tanked, you know, when Marvel went bankrupt, right, right. <laughs> you, you know, like, like, I mean, there was some times when, you know, even then we were like, what the hell is going to happen? Where, where are we going? And now with this whole global, um, you know, just, just fl- flux that we're in, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we're, 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 we're in this evolutionary kind of thing right now like this is what change really feels like we're going through a whole i mean just a whole metamorphosis you know and 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 it feels funky it feels nasty it hurts it's painful it's ugly there's wild stuff that's going on like it's scary but that's what change has to feel like right no i agree with you You have to go through that ick you gotta go through that nasty substance that nasty ooze in order to grow into you know to grow up and out and hit the light and grow further and move forward like we have to go through this right so i so i kind of think that man this kind of forces us you know just this whole industry just everything in a totally different way like entertainment how we how we consume entertainment it's kind of like for me i liken it to the old days of UHF or public access TV, man, right. where it was thousands of different little stations doing their own thing. It's, it's kind of like that now with, with, with the media of social media, you right. know, and um, I can, I can, I can look through Instagram and not even worry about my TV, but I can look through Instagram and in an hour, I can hit almost every segment of everything that that I want to see, everything that amuses me or amazes me mm-hmm. or entertains me. I can see it within that hour, and it's not that one thing in an hour. Right. Well, and and I think so. A couple about a month ago, I think I had Brian Volkweis on the podcast, and we were talking about him turning around this TV show, where. And I say TV show loosely because it's what we call these things. Um, but the idea that you have to have a production team and you've got to have all these, you know, things set up and it's you've got to have a schedule and you've got to do this. He's like, no, we just sent notes to these guys and they use their cell phones and we put together a TV show and I've watched a few of them and I'm going, this looks just as good as the toys that made us. Like, it, I mean, it. It it does. Yeah. It just does. I mean, like mother uh, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Like he actually, they wind up inventing like a a, a kit, like a little uh, producing kit where you can actually send it out to you know, like I can send that kit to you, so right. then you can produce your segment, and then we can get that data, we can edit it, and make the film. And, and it's like out of 
out of this, what do we do? This invention comes out of that. Right. You know, and so it's like, you know, we, you know, humans have always faced adversity, man. And, and again, it sounds corny, but I mean, we've hit some, you know, very, very hard brick walls as yeah. a people, as you know, just in, and everyone has hit that brick wall. I mean, serious brick walls. And somehow, you know, our, our, our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, our forefathers have all managed to push through. So now is our time. Like right. now is our time. Like our generation, like I really feel like our generation are the leaders now to push forward. You right. know what I mean? Like like we have to, because we're, we're the only generation, we're the only generation that understands everything that once was and everything that could be like, like we grew up with no TV and, right. and black and white TV and yep. stuff like that. You know, no microwave ovens, no cell phones, no anything. Yeah. Screwdriver to turn your TV on. Yep. All that stuff. Now we live in the era in the era way beyond that. And we're really the only generation that's kind of steep between the two. We're the only ones that really understand that. And with that awareness, I think that we have to, we we are the ones that have to drive society forward, and I, you know, and I hope we do. How we raise our kids, how we yeah. enter, like the awareness, the strength that you got from your parents and your father and everything. Now it's like you use that to to guide and teach others around you. And I hope we can. I really hope we can. And I were and the reason I brought up the the change and the idea is that I just worry about all of us, you know, all the nerds that you know need the toys or need their collectibles or or are invested in this. Um, and and they and they get that nerd rage is real. It's a real nerd thing. Nerd rage is real. And I, real, real. but I think you know my friends have been. <laughs> they've all come to me and gone, "What has happened to you in the last like month?" Because my attitude is like, if I want it, I'll get it eventually. Like it, it, I can enjoy it aesthetically, yeah, and appreciate it and support it. In, in other ways other than going out and buying it and yep. I'm not going to chase it. I'm not going to, well, I'm going to chase it a little bit, but um, you know, it's finding, finding what the center is like, what's your need, what's driving you to do these things. Right. And, and I don't think a lot of people have that awareness. They have this, like, I got to get this thing. There's value in this thing, but what's the value? Is it monetary? Right. Is it emotional? And yeah. then you have to weigh how you're going to act to get that stuff or to get that, to get that thing. And, and that's why I'm hoping that, you know, this year off will kind of rally the troops and and get everybody into that idea of like, Hey guys, you know, we're, we're in a bigger world. This is important to us. Um, How can we make it better? Like how can we make sure it makes it better? And maybe it's going to drive kids, you know, in college down the path that you took you know, going to art school or getting into the toy industry and looking at right. how to help make this more acceptable and better for exactly. all of us. I mean, I, I, you know, I think with this, a, a lot of things, you know, you know, just how people have changed their, their, their buying habits, you know, their spending habits. But I think also too, like now everyone is kind of, um, it's weird. Like almost everyone has some kind of side hustle now. Like yeah. everybody has some type of side hustle now. Everybody. So, in in this weird in 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 that way, you know, I really, I 
I look forward to how that impacts the toy industry, particularly like the collector market. You know, it's like, um, like we, we I, did you get your Sentinel? I got my Sentinel. So here's the thing: I had to wait um, until my tax return came. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a couple weeks. I'm getting three. I already told Dwight. I already oh, had the conversation. See, see, woo! You come out the gate strong. See, I, <laughs> I couldn't do. I couldn't do the five. But my my thought is: so I need a sentinel, right? I need a master mm-hmm. mold, and I need a damaged one, and then I need one of each of the of the figures. And you know, because I think I'm up to. I I did the math the other day, and I feel feel a little embarrassed to admit this. I bought ten of the single aim soldiers. Yeah. But I realized in the basement um where I have everything, I had bought the two packs. So I realized I'm up to twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna throw this back at you because you're partially to blame for my for my wanting to build it because if it wasn't for Marvel Universe making it so easy for to have twenty two, you know, hand ninjas and 20 aim soldiers and like that box set that had everybody in that one yeah no so but no man that was it it was candy crack it was it still is man like listen i'm telling you man listen i i used to have my my marketing partner scott george Mm -hmm. during that time i I used to tell him man look look we slinging dope (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is candy crack, man. It's like, it, all, it's, it's, it, it, it was amazing. It was an amazing, it was an amazing um, period to be able to, to, to do that. But, but, um, I, but I think like along with what you were saying, man, I think that, um, you, you know, the reason why I asked about the Sentinel, because I wonder if now, I mean, because crowdfunding has always been around and all that stuff, but like, you know, with with, with McFarlane's Spawn figure and like this mm-hmm. the Sentinel and other things happening, like I'm wondering now if people are really starting to, even maybe when this is over, like really um, begin to, to, to look at being able to, you know, purchase, purchase, not only purchase your product a particular way, but roll that product out a particular way mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and um it's, it's just interesting to see how everyone really really backed that sentinel really really backed you know that that spawn figure mm-hmm. you know and, and um during during a period where it was like it really doesn't make sense to do it right i mean it does not make sense to do what i'm doing it doesn't, it doesn't. make sense to do it right now you know but that that kind of shows man how we still penetrate through so I wonder, I wonder with that, man, if there's a new, will there be a new way of, of engaging and looking at how we, you know, consume stuff like that? I think we're, I think at least our generation is looking to, to go back to when we had options. Because at mm-hmm. least for, for us at retail now, we have two options to, to go and get it. We have three, you know, or, you know, online's another whole animal, but we really only have two options to get most things. There are yeah. not many stores that carry it. Like even my comic book shop, I, I had been a customer at this one shop for, I want to say 20, 25 years and they'll get me any book I want. But the minute I ask for toys, no, 
Like, and even if I said, I'll buy the case, there were times where I was like, I will buy the entire case of Marvel Legends. And they would say to me, okay, we'll order it. And I'd come in when it was supposed to be in, half the case was on the shelf and the other case sold, the other half yeah. sold. And I was like, guys, like, I, I will buy everything from you just to not deal with Walmart or Target. Right. And for, for us, you know, I think this idea of crowdfunding or direct access to 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 manufacturers um is is so much better it you know and you know it for for me lately it was like hasbro's been rolling out these fan fridays or these fan events and right afterwards they put it online on their site and it's direct access and you can buy it and it's not saying that hasbro's better or worse than anybody else but just the idea of like no, nothing sold out. Like I got everything I wanted within like, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes. I'm in, I'm out. I got it. Maybe it's going to come later than other retailers. Maybe it's going to, you know, take a little longer, not ship, you know, in the, some, what, for whatever reason, but it doesn't have to be hard. Right. So I right. think we're looking for that when we had KB and we had Toys R Us and we had Child World and we had, you know, all these other shops that carried everything. Um, yeah. Those are gone. We got greedy. We got greedy. Yeah. I mean, we, we, and we got used to it, you know, and then that, that greed factor in, in, got intertwined with the, uh, with our microwave society. You know, yeah. we want it instantaneous. We want, I want what I want when I want it. And I want it right now. Right. Period. And, and um, now I think that we, we can't, we can't have it like that. Like we, we just can't have it like that. And it's funny because I went on like storm collectibles site man every every it's like a graveyard bro yeah. everything is sold out right everything is sold out on there yeah and i mean hey i'm happy that they, that they were able to get it out get it through you know but but it's like man it's like um it's, yeah. it's like it's either all or nothing you know right. what i mean and 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 um it, it's uh Everyone is struggling to, to find their footing right now. I think everyone, you know, yeah. and, and um, it's, it's also, and, and, and I think because of that, you know, with that struggle, it's like, this is what I'm saying. Like, we're all in, we're all kind of like the Voyager Pro right now. We're in, we're, we're out in deep space and it is unknown, but we have to, you know, continue to come up with innovative, innovative ways in order to get stuff out there, you know? So, um, you know, I, I I'm I, I would love to see how other lines, you know, like a full assortment, you know, would would you know, or, or multiple assortments would be able to do, you know, as a you know, because they failed before. Well, you know, and like and as the universe, you know, you, yeah. you think about Maddie Collector, man, and it's like it, you know, it was way ahead of his time. Yeah, you know? and I think I think I think part of that, I think part of that was the and. I think part of the frustration was the distribution company they got just couldn't handle customer service. Like that's yeah, the, a, yeah. a lot of that came down to that as far as that piece of it. The other piece of it for, for me at least was I will give you my money. Like I will give you everything, but I want to know what I'm buying. You know what I mean? And I think that that was the other piece where, you know, at least with the Sentinel, you knew at three fifty you're getting this, like this is, bare bones you might get more later and and that's great but like at least you knew what you were getting in that box and you'll get bonuses but the idea of like if they had said okay 500 bucks 
for the Sentinel. Maybe you'll get stuff, but we're not going to tell you what it is until a week before it ships or a month before it ships. I, I think people kind of wonder if it's worth, you know, that cost, worth that price. I think that's, for me, that's what happened with Maddie Collector. It was like I got to the point where it was, I, I couldn't blindly just give you money with no option to, to get it back. And, right, right, and, right, and, right, and, right. And, but I, I think that I, I think what we'll see is, at least with collectibles, they're going to come at it with a higher price because we're seeing other lines like Zika Toys is doing the sector line and they're doing the three and three quarter. And mm-hmm. Boss Fight does amazing stuff with some of their sculpting. Yep. Um, Bobby's doing some good stuff with Action Force. He's yep, been doing yep, some yep. fun stuff. Like, and, but they come at a premium. And that's the hardest part, right? For me, at least. It's like, yeah, no, I I want it all, but I can't rationalize the cost. So if some, right. if we can meet in the middle somewhere, if if that's what it is, if that could be the future of it, because I would happily, if I knew I can give you five, you know two hundred bucks right now and next year you deliver this, I would rather do that than go to seven WalMarts today to try to find mm-hmm. it for me. Mm-hmm. Like hundred well, percent. And it it also helped that it was like a sentinel. You know what I mean? Like right. oh I, yeah. You know, like my even even when I when I did the Sentinel, my my one of the one of the thinkings, the thoughts that I had was, and which is one reason why I combined the two. Whether it's the Sentinel or Galactus, you're going to win. Like right. it's going to be a home run, no matter what. So if if even if it they did, hadn't done the Sentinel and maybe had done Galactus, I think it would have been an even bigger win. Yeah. And I. I because with that with that singular character, you know, you can kind of do that. You know, it, it's weird how certain like like it's kind of like when we when with WWE when we did Macho Man like for for Comic Con, it was like man, it was like yeah, it was Macho Man. Like everyone like you didn't have to you didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to guess it automatically. And not only that, but since it, since it was wrapped around the whole gimmick was the Slim Jim commercial. It was then perfect. it was like it was instantaneous. Yeah. It was like that one singular thing that you can do, as opposed to like if it's an assortment or like a box set or something like that. And it's like, well, I love that character, but I really don't want that dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or why wouldn't they just do this this set instead of that set? You know what I mean? Whereas opposed to like, you know, just that one character, it it was. It yeah, it was. It worked. It worked. But yeah. also, like when when you think about the Unicron too, that was. You know that was done. That was a harder sell. They had to really push. It was for that. a harder sell. Yeah, and I think I think it was a price point. But and every time I've talked about it, I said you guys you guys realize it was like a three year project, right? Like people were trying to figure out how to make it a sphere seamless, like make it. Yeah, like, that's not yeah. easy. Anybody it's could not easy. You know, people could build toys. People can make action figures. Like that's known. Like you may come up with a new joint. You may come up with a new buck or torso or whatever it is. We're we're talking about these things that not only have to look good in one form, but also have to move and not break. I mean, you're paying right. six hundred dollars. He better not snap. His arm better not snap off. Right, right, right. You know, right. That that's a that's that's a harder thing. You know, with the Sentinels, like. You know, even even if, even if even if there were some surprises in there, I think I still would have would have left. <laughs> yeah, no, I still I'm. Left off. I'm definitely because, in. Yeah, you, you know, it, it's such a, um, you know, for for a multitude of reasons why I would have gotten it, but it's like, is is it, it 
even though it's new, it still fits into the evolution of the storyline of the Sentinels. So it's right. like, I can still have that. I can still have my Marvel Universe Sentinel. I can still have my Toy Biz Sentinel and they can still work together. Yeah. No, 100%. I don't have to change anything up. You know what I mean? And and um, and and that's such an easy sell. That's such an easy, easy sell to be able to 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 run with. Right. No, and I think I think too, I think they brought up too, it was the vertical space. Right. You weren't asking people to take up a whole like shelf. Like Unicron mm-hmm. takes up all that space. The barge that they did, you know, I said I can get rid of my TV or have the barge. I'm I'm keeping the TV. Um but the sentinels Wait. like it's just straight up, right? It's straight up. Yeah. I mean, it could be part of your, you know, home decor. Right. You know what I mean? Like it could be, you know, you can prop it and get a little, get a little seat. My, my, my daughter, Jewel, when she was a kid, she used to take the tall Batman and put it in a little stroller, and, you know, keep it in the chair in her room. Like it was a little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but you can, or you can put it on your desk. You can do whatever with it. You know, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be a toy. You can use it as a giant paperweight if you want to. <laughs> And I think you know, I think it's the fu- it's the fun of it too. I'm 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 actually like I don't keep a lot of the packaging, but I'm really excited to see what they have in store for the packaging. Because when you, oh yeah, when you did yeah, the you know, Sentinel, like, now see that's my you know it's funny now now me because I love comic books and I love comic book covers and splash pages. That's why I love packaging, man. That's why I am a you know moc or man but also it's like why i like to like to have two and why my my habit was getting way out of control why i had to pull back you Mm -hmm. know because it's like when you're getting two or four of stuff you know it's like it's it's, yeah and 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 then you gotta but then it's like people don't understand like you know people think that your vice, like if you're gambling, you're, you're spending money through that, or, or if you're into other vices, they think that, man, that's bad. And But if you're doing, you know, other things that isn't damaging you, you know, damaging you in society or your relationships with others, then that's good. But the thing about it is you can still go through the same mental things that, like, oh, yeah. you, like the guilt, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just spent all this money on this and I got to justify, you know, yeah. like, like I remember one time I blew an entire, like my entire, when I was at, when I was at Toy Biz, man, I blew my entire check on like, like the remaining volume of Lone Wolf and Cub, some statues, tons of graphic novels, comic books. I mean, toys, it, it was, and I came home and I was like Pookie from New Jack City. I'm looking in the I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, what am what am I going to do right now? Yeah. Because the pride in me didn't want to take it back. Right. You know, right. I couldn't do that. And I, and the pride in me didn't want to. The selfishness didn't want me to sell it. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I mean, and when you think about like you you just spent your all your money on this. And you got bills to pay and you got, you know, family feed. Then you start going through anxiety. You start stressing out. That becomes a real issue. Oh, it's just as it bad. It doesn't matter whether you're gambling or whether you're into drugs or whether you're into, like, you got to step back, pull back, and reassess some stuff. Like, yeah. seriously. No, it is. And it, it, it there, there, I've had those moments, too. I've had those moments where I, I walk in and I'm going to have that moment when I buy the Sentinels. Um, but I... I it, 
it's interesting just to think about it in in the context of like um it's that drive right it's understanding that drive like what's driving you like why do you need it and it's my my measure my bar for that <clears throat> has always been am i going to drop you know th- there was a point when i had just started working i was a teacher for a while when i just started working and didn't have a lot of money and i remember um i had 40 bucks until payday and it was wednesday right I, and so i went into walmart and they had a lego set and it was 40 bucks it was on clearance and it was a huge one and i thought to myself okay i'm like why do i need this like why i'm like because the drive in me's going if you don't buy it now, it won't be here on Friday. It just won't. No matter where you put in, if even if you hide it in the store, it won't be there. So And it definitely won't be that price. It won't be that price. So do I buy it now or do I let it go? And my metric for it is, will I track it down later on? Like, is this important enough to go on eBay or five years from now going, you know, I really need, it's, it's a hole. Like it's a, it's a hole that's missing. I really need to to fill that for my collection. And if it doesn't hit that, th- there's no way I'm getting it. Um, and it's worked pretty good. Like it's worked pretty good. Um, it's it, it's tough to pull back. I, I mean, it is. I, I mean, man, I don't know if it was like you know the 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 chemicals in the water when we were kids or the the lead paint, but <laughs> when when growing up during that time period and 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 having these images you know penetrate your brain mm-hmm. and your psyche i mean we had movies we had comic books we had cartoons we had music the thing that we never had was something tangible that represented that stuff yeah yeah we never had that and now we have the means to, to get it. Like Funko is a perfect example of that. God, yeah. You know, it's like it, it hits everybody because everybody is a fan of something. Right. And and we and being a fan of something, we never had it in our hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my favorite rapper is Rakim. You know, I I would love to have a Rakim figure in my hand right now. Right. You know, just that looked like the paid in full album. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's something that I, even though I didn't say, man, like as a kid, I want a rock him figure. I wanted something that represented the mood, the visual, the feeling. I wanted something that encompasses all that. And I think that, you know, we, from the surface level, we look at action figures like toys, but, you know, there's a reason why, you know, certain like the statue of David, not why why the Sphinx, why certain, you know, when you think of Stonehenge, why these these man-made objects mean so much, why why they stood so long, and why a lot of some people have, you know, adverse feelings when it comes to action figures. You know, they feel as though it's too close to idol worship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And but when you get to have that thing in your hand that represents everything that you went through or experienced, you know, and you see it right there where you can grab it, it's hard to resist that, man. It like, it's, it's hard. 
It is. I was talking to um, Adam. Uh, Adam Van Wickler was on last last week, or the, it'll be two weeks mm-hmm. since now. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it. And I went through during this lockdown and everything, since I couldn't go to stores as much, I, I started eBaying stuff, and I realized I had a couple holes in my Bionic Six collection. So I tracked those down. <laughs> I got most of them. I'm trying to I'm trying to talk somebody I found I found the place at and I can't rationalize it, Whoa. but um see see it's like it's stuff like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. When I hear the word bionic, when I hear the words bionic six, yep. when I hear six million dollar man, when I hear any of that, I'm thrown into look at that. He's wow. in good shape too. I'm showing him bungee. I'm showing karate one. Um, so I tracked him down, and honestly, I remember as a kid, it, it does. It brings back. It captures up the, the, the moment. I waking up, stuff, man. Waking up seven a.m. Sitting on the edge of the bed, turning on the TV, hearing the theme song, mm. having breakfast, and then getting ready for school. Like that's yeah, what this does. Like you can smell autumn in the air. You know what yeah. I mean? You. I can smell the, the season change. I can get ready for school. You know what I mean? Like like in the morning, getting, you know, getting revved up and watching the cartoons or, or rushing to get home to see the, the new cartoons that's coming home or, you know, yeah. coming home in the afternoon. Like, like, but like being in school and thinking about that all day long, like thinking about getting back home all day long so I can watch my cartoons and read my comic books and then watch my shows at night. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I am a TV junkie. Like, like I, I'm the kid that they warned, like they had the warning labels yeah. on, like if you sit this kid in front of the TV, the, the rays from the, from the, from the tube is going to mess up his head. That was me. Yeah. That was me. And, and nobody like placed me in front of the TV to babysit me. It just captivated me. Like every day, Everything about it, you know, for, like I, I like from the moment I can remember when I first saw a tele like an image on the television and I saw people on there and I'm like, I thought that people were really in black and white. Like I thought that it was a period in time where we had no color. Oh, I know. I remember those days. I remember thinking, oh, yeah, no, Lucy and Ricky were black and white. That's that's the way yeah. it looked back then. That's how yeah. it looked. Yeah. So and, and and then when I would watch like those old documentaries, I would see like you know uh, colored um, like the water fountains mm-hmm. for colored people and and water fountains for white people. I I thought that that was had to do with the television picture mm-hmm. of the people that when I was seeing like like that water fountains for the people that's shown in color on TV as opposed to black and white. They can't have that shit. Like I, 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 I was so confused, but yeah. I was captivated at the same time. And um, like, and I was, I mean, I remember that being one of my earliest memories, you know, my, and, and then seeing like Sesame street, seeing big bird. Yeah. And I'm like captivated. Like what yeah. is no. that? I would watch anything. I would watch anything. anything. Just anything. watch it. Yeah. Because because we were kids, man, and when you're a kid, your fr- your mind is fresh. You know what I mean? It's it's like sponges. You're you're receiving all this information, all this data, and it's all new because you have nothing to reference. Right. You have nothing to reference. You know what I mean? And 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 I think that this is one reason why 
it frustrates it frustrates me to this day why as as a creator but also like just in the realm of where we are and in, in pop culture why i feel is stagnant because back in the day everything was new like no one knew how the blob was going to do no one knew how star wars was going to do right. no one knew how he-man was going to do you know no one knew no one knew but now and, and with that unknown it was like let's continue to to to, to you know create right. you know something something new and explosive now it's like we have to regurgitate the stuff that was explosive to us and it's no longer explosive to me <laughs> you know what i mean because it's like i already know what i'm getting right well and and it's there, there was also something so in, in doing all this like looking at old toys and stuff and looking where i was going for some reason and i don't i mean whatever it was whatever they were putting in the plastic back then worked and and nothing nothing against your toy like your toy biz line was the thing that got me back into toys and got me into doing this stuff to be honest like it's what found message boards for me found you know looking for stuff like that but those figures they don't stand up the plastic wasn't like holding up um in some of them they were kind of falling apart and yeah i mean that and I've said it before, man, and like, you know, the true, a true Marvel Legends fan, like a true toy, if if you're a fan, you know, yeah. like, the, especially a Marvel Legends, man, when you, it's a whole experience, it's a whole experience that you, you, you go through, you, you, you see the figure, you see the comic book, and it's like, man, like, I had that comic book, I had that issue, right, and now it's like, you're looking at something that you didn't know that you you wanted, but you always did. You always wanted that. You always wanted that 3D image of the toad, <laughs> even though it looked like a wreck. You wanted it, <laughs> right? You yeah. wanted that. Yeah. You wanted it, right? So it was like, but when you when you picked it up, you immediately felt that weight of of the box, man. And it's like, it's almost like you're being captivated by this. Um, like Medusa or something, you know what I mean? Now it's like you saw it, now you grabbed it, and now you feel it. And but then when you open up and you smell that plastic, it hits you because now it's like that's the Marvel Legends smell. Nothing smells like that, right? You know, like or like or that's that's that action figure smell. Like like you know, like when you there's there, it it's hits your senses. It's those clear ones too. Those clear clear figures have a smell that brings yeah. you back to little kid. And I can't remember what toy it was when I was little, but I know I felt it and I can smell it. It's, it yeah. is, it's, it is, it's a thing. And, and, and that's an instant connection. Like, like, and, and for me, like, for me, like one of the things that I wanted to do, like uh, I really tried to do, but we couldn't was I wanted to make the, um, <laughs> I wanted to make the figures smell like old comic books, like an old comic book shop. And, and we actually had like the chemist cause like, most large toy companies they have like you know they're they they actually have chemists there like, yeah, like, like right. a lab there where you can do like you know um, not only like your molding and all that other stuff but you can you can in order to come up with new stuff you need these chemicals and you know they, it varies in in in, in different mm-hmm. you know areas so I had the chemist trying to I had the chemist analyze and break down the smell of an old comic book that I had. So it was like glass and mildew. Like he had, it was like, it, it was like 
sampling perfume. Like right. you, you smell yeah. all these different scents. But my idea around it was because to me, it was such a strong connection when I experienced that growing up and being, you, you know, living in a co- old comic book shop. Like you say, you went to your comic book for 20 years. It becomes like your home. Yeah. You know, your haven, your safe place, because everyone else is like not really getting you or understanding you. Right. You know what I mean? So when you sit in there and you, you know, you're reading your comic book and, or you come home to read your comic book and it's not just you went to school and you thought about it, but you might've had a bad day. You might've been picked on, the teacher wasn't on you, your parents might've been on you, you know, your friends getting on your nerves. It might've been raining. It could have been just a messed up day. And you come home to your comic book and it's like, this is exactly what I needed at that time. This is what I needed. Right. Like you had, you had, you had your me time, you know what I mean? It was, and, and, as a kid that resonates with you. And, and I think that's why we, when we become adults, we, we're kind of always in that search mode. You know what I mean? It's For like that we, safe space, that, like that, that, that moment of peace or that, cause, cause I get it. Like I get that when I get new stuff, it doesn't last yeah. as long as it used to, but I still get it. Like it's that feeling of relief. There's a little bit of relief. There's a little bit of pride. There's a little bit of, like you did something, like you accomplished something, like and yep. and then you have something to show for it. Yep. Like you can look at and it, share too, right? And yeah, share. You know, and and it's even and and you can't. I can't lie. Is it's even better when you can share what you got when someone else doesn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is actually one reason why I I, I don't like showing. I never like showing my collection because to me it's it's unfair. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's like. I have access to stuff that, you know, being being in the toy game is like you have access to stuff that people do not have. So right. it was like when you when you kinda there's there's a level of competitiveness in this whole thing too. You know what I mean? It, there it, is. It there it, is. It, 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 it just is. And and um and that competitiveness you know is one reason why this is also a business for for, for you know some people. Mm-hmm. So when you kind of when you already have the leg up and you're showing off what you got, it's kind of like it's kind of like a dick move to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, and and there is a competitiveness. I think my friend, like I've got three friends that I'm really close with, and we met through collecting. Like we mm-hmm. traded on message boards toys. Like I got this, you need this, whatever. And we've been doing this for almost 20 years, I want to say. Right. And we're really close. So we'll go out for breakfast sometimes. And sometimes I'll get there early and I'll run into GameStop because I know after breakfast, we're going to go, oh, you want to go into GameStop? I got to go into GameStop first and get there. And then there's been times where I get there and they're like, oh, yeah, we're not there. You'll be there in five minutes. I drive around the block, go into Walmart, and they're in the aisle. And I go, <laughs> well, we buy for each other too. But there's still that idea of like, I got to get it first. Like, I, yeah. I want it first. I'll get it for you, but I want to have it first. Yeah. For sure. But, um, yeah, and, and and that 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 whole feeling, man, is one reason. Like, is one of the things I I, I try to infuse into the um, the toy. Like, like mm-hmm. how can we do a variant? You know, how can we how can we mix things up? How can we shake it up a little bit to like sprinkle even more for for that that person that really is dialed in you know mm-hmm. what i mean for that for that person that's really really like like who is like me because yeah. i know there's a bunch of other dudes that's like me out there 
you know, so it's like, what can we do to add more zest to the line to really get, you know, other people hooked? Yeah. You know, so that I'm telling you, man, that that like, with the Marvel Universe line, that's why it was so fun, you know, because it was it, it was everything that I always wanted. It was it, the, the, the most amazing thing, the most important thing you can do, especially to an artist man, mm-hmm. or designer who is who is in any field, man, is to let them have the freedom to do what they need to do right. or want to do, you know what I mean? But, but support them. And, you know, that's always been my style. Like I never, you know, when I had someone over me heavy handed, you know, it's like, I never liked that, you know, because, you know, I, I never felt like I was executing the vision of the brand or maybe of, of, of what was in my mind. I just felt like I was executing their vision and their vision was nowhere close to the essence of whatever it is that we got going on. Right. Or, you know, it's like as a director, it's like, you know, you should be drawing this or you should be, you know, you need to don't guide, right. you know, and I mean, well, I'm sorry, be a guide, but right. don't be heavy handed. And that's always been my thing. Like now it's like, how can I be a guide and foster the talent and get out of the way so that talent can really blossom? Because when, when I was given the opportunity to, to blossom, that's when you see cool stuff. When when Jesse was given the room to blossom, yeah. that's when you got Marvel Legends. You know, like like Marvel, like Toy Biz was almost like an incubator, man, where we were given the leverage and the freedom to kind of not necessarily do what we want to do, but <clears throat> as a community, as a group. It grew, yeah. Yeah, like as this think tank to creatively push some, some stuff through, you know what I mean? And that became liberating. And with that with that liberation and that success fosters trust, right. you know what I mean? So, but as, as a designer, you gotta let the designer design. You gotta get out of the way, you know, and let them do what they wanna do as, as you know, when things start to go off the track, that's when you kind of, kind of, you know, get in. And but, I wonder if, if getting off the track too also opens up to innovation, right? Because it's, but it's yeah, sometimes it, it, that's right. Sometimes getting off the track can, yeah. You know, it, it, it's um, I mean, like, like, like you think about, like, you think about the character Longshot and how R. Adams kind of came up with the character and all that, and it's like that was just. That is not an X Men character. When you look at Longshot, like from back right. in the day, it's like, yeah. how does this dude like really fit into comic books? And like he, he's, yeah, but it worked because you get, because you take the shot. Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 sometimes as as and that's that's like you like you're right, man. That fosters a whole new thing, a whole new creative thing, man. Where you you gotta let that sometimes person kind of go not off the rails, but let them find their way. Right. So they can, they can create your team. Still the only one that's got me my fire star after how many <laughs> years, you know, what was it? It's almost 30, 40 years, now, 35 years of wanting a fire star figure. Still the only and one I have. Because that cartoon, man, Spider-Man's amazing friends. It just captivated me. Like, and, and, and it was because, like, on the weekends, that's when I would go to my grandmother's house. You know, I'm sorry, you hear a siren in no, the background. But, um, like, 
on the weekends, that's when I would go to my grandmother's house. And I lived, I grew up in Atlantic City, New Jersey. But on the weekends, I would go, the weekends in the summer, I would go to my grandmother's house. And she lived like seven miles away in, in the next town over called Pleasantville. And mm-hmm. eventually I wound up moving there and graduated from high school there. But it was like, you know, those memories of being over my grandmother's house and smelling, you know, like the breakfast that she would cook like six in the morning. You know, and right around the time I didn't need an alarm clock, I was smelling the, the food being cooked and automatically woke up, and, you know, flipped the TV on, right. you know, and sat there in the living room and watched it, you know, or in, in her bedroom and watched it. And it, it was like, you know, our dog was there and, you know, my grandfather sitting behind me in the recliner and like, that's what Spider-Man and his amazing friends meant to me. Like yeah. all of that, all of that. So when when the, when the opportunity came to do that, I was like, man, this is, we have to do this. Yeah. No, it was perfect. It was perfect. Everybody in one box set, it was absolutely perfect. I couldn't be happy. It's, yeah. I still give them crap about it. I'm like, I still don't have six inch yet, guys. I'm still waiting for it. You got to yep. get to it. It's um, funny, man. I'm still, you know, it's funny. Like one of my, one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite um, mutant characters mm-hmm. that, you know, which is they showed up in Spider-Man, in Spectacular Spider-Man, but they were the, the Lobo brothers. And I love them. They were these two Mexican cartel gangsters that mm-hmm. um, could turn into werewolves. And but um, they didn't know that they were mutants. <laughs> and the people around them didn't know that they were mutants. They thought they were like part of the actual spiritual werewolves. So they had like fear. And um, but I just for some reason it was like the Lobo Brothers, like that that the name just sounds so cool. And it also happened around the whole Scourge time and all yeah. that when Scourge was running yeah. around killing all the villains and stuff. So it was like, man, I really wish we could get like a Lobo Brothers, like and it's it, it's so like out there, so left field. But it's like I just remember like when I saw them and it, and I love horror movies and I love werewolves and it's just like man like this is just they could do so much with the with the lobo brothers and bring them into like tales of suspense and all that other stuff so many options yeah. so many options yeah i don't want to keep you where i didn't where after i, I know hour, i can so. go down some i know we could man, i'm well, sorry i'm you so come sorry back. If, the fans got, if you guys got bored you thought you were, <laughs> i'm sorry no <laughs> no it was a great comment well, well we'll come back We'll come back. Yeah, we'll come man, and do it let's again. come back. Let's, let's uh, we'll do, do it again. You know, I always say this, man, you got to do it with Adam. Adam's my brother, man. Yeah. I, I love I love, I love, him, man. He's like, he, he has every toy under the sun. Yeah. Every toy. We were getting into it last week on it. We were definitely getting deep into into stuff. We, we got to almost 50 minutes, and I go, at the beginning of the podcast, he's like, and don't forget, we want to talk about the, the lines I'm working on, his two, Mortal Ruin and... Um, the cursed oh, dead yeah. and i looked at the thing and we realized at 50 minutes we still hadn't talked about the lines yet i know right? so we spent the last 20 minutes talking about them dave thanks so much um or, or one one question before we, before yes, we wrap sir. it um you've been doing a lot of um from the vault you've been throwing <laughs> that out there to the public you did some really cool ones today on the marvel ones um like the stylized marvel those were really nice are we gonna see more oh, thank you thank you so much you're gonna do more um yeah i, I got some stuff Okay. I got some, yeah, it's it's funny, you know, I think, you know, one of the, when I step back and, and, and you know, think about it, it's like, man, I mean, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to work, you, you know, with some major companies on some major brands mm-hmm. for, for 
you know, going over 20 years now. And I have a lot of stuff, like a lot of eclectic stuff, you mm. know. So with that, you know, it may be some more little things, you know, more little teasers, or, you know, things to share, you know, just some stuff. They're fun. They're fun. They're my, yeah, fun. Really it's fun to share, fun yeah. to shake things up. And maybe even to to inspire, you, you know what I mean? And, and um, you know, it, it, it's like... Uh, like now, like that's really my thing now. I, I, like I, I created what I what I wanted to do, I, you know. And it's like now I want to really, you know, be able to guide and teach and inspire and, and and to motivate, you know, other individuals, man, to to push this genre, our genre, more forward, man, mm-hmm. because I love it, you know. And it's life sustaining. Like our genre has sustained, it sustains a lot of people. Yeah, you know what I does. mean. And and um and and. And I'm very, you know, fortunate, you know, and and understanding of that. So it's like I wanted to continue to move forward in, in every way possible, you know. So cool. Well, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate thank you taking you, the time. So good to see you and good talk to you, man. I know it was good. I miss seeing everybody. I keep texting everybody. I'm like, miss seeing you. I miss seeing you. I miss seeing you. We got to talk. We got to <laughs> talk. So cool. Thanks, I man. Know. Thank you, brother. Have a good one, man. You too. This podcast was brought to you by Jackson Studios. Jax!